I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Another thing I try is to remind myself of where I am and why, right? When it's time for me to work, I try to be all in on my work. When it's time for me to be mom and wife, I put that work away and I try to be all in as mom and wife. It's a boundary I've created. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast a live workshop-style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home, and what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. So maybe you've been doing this work from home thing for a while, or maybe like me, you started working from home two years ago in the middle of the pandemic or at the start of the pandemic and you're still adjusting to it. Um, but either way, you know that in order for us to get any work done at home around our kids, we have got to have some pretty good systems in place. And I always worked in an office mostly because the type of work I do, it just isn't that flexible. If I'm in hearings or depositions, it's not typically something I can just easily step away from if someone needs something from me. Um, But when COVID first hit and everything shut down, we decided to close our office. And like most of you, what we thought would be a week or two working from home just never really went back to normal. And even though our office has since reopened, I'm still doing a good amount of work from home. Um, So I want to tell you guys a story about that time of transition. And then we'll jump into what I'm doing to help me get some stuff done around the house. And hopefully it'll help you guys too. 
So back when everything was virtual, I had a hearing I will never forget. And typically I can get my husband to help out with the girls if I have something like a hearing where I really can't be disturbed, Um, especially back then when they were so young. They were like two and three and a half, I guess. But on this particular morning, he had to work. He worked in a restaurant, so he certainly couldn't be working from home. And I had this hearing at 10 a.m. And it was on the judge's motion calendar, which basically means that if you have a hearing and it'll take fewer than five minutes, you can set it down on the judge's motion calendar along with a bunch of other cases. And then the judge will basically just go down the list of these cases and you wait for your case to be called. And then you argue your motion and then you go on your way and the judge goes on to the next case, right? So here I am, I set my laptop up at my kitchen table, that's where my internet worked, and I explain to my kids what's going on, right? And I try to get them to understand. I'm like, mom has a very important meeting this morning, and I can't be disturbed because I'm going to be talking, and I'm going to need to be able to focus. But I set them up with a show and snacks, and I told them, it's going to take a little while, but when it's over, we're going to go to the park. And guys, they had access to like every freaking electronic device in our house. And I set up a buffet for them of all like their favorite snacks and drinks. Took my three-year-old to the bathroom before it started. Like there was literally nothing they could need from me for the next hour. So motion calendar starts and the judge has her motion calendar organized where everyone's gathered in the main Zoom. And then all the attorneys for a case when they're all there The bailiff will move you into your separate meeting room, and then the judge basically hops between those meeting rooms, right, to conduct the hearings. So if you guys have spent any time in Zoom, which I'm sure everyone has by now, you know that when you're in a meeting room, you have no idea where the other participants in the Zoom are, right? Like I had no idea where the judge was or when she was going to pop into my Zoom room. Uh, We had to just sit there and wait. And... Maybe some of you already know where this is going, but my kids were angels. Like, I don't hear a peep out of them for 20 minutes, but there's still no judge. And then it's 30 minutes that my kids have been quiet, still no judge. Friends, over an hour, which is incredible for my two and three-year-old, right? Like, I'm so proud of them, and I'm feeling so grateful, and maybe I'm feeling a little proud of myself. You ever have those moments when you're like, wait to set this up and handle it? And then my two-year-old just comes over to me and she's like, poop, poop, poop. And her diaper reeks and it's a blowout. It's all up her back and down her leg. And I just like, I, I can't leave my laptop right now. And I tell her, I'm like, go, go to your room and get a diaper and some wipes and bring them to me. And I'm going to change your diaper right here. And she, she's such a little trooper. Like she goes back to her room and she comes back with a diaper and wipes. And I have her laying down there on the floor next to me in the kitchen And I'm bent over in my chair and I'm trying to just wipe her legs down and her back and change her diaper and take her clothes off. And she's just screaming like, poop, poop. And of course, as these things happen, the minute I bend over, about to fall out of my chair, changing her diaper while she's screaming poop, the judge comes into our meeting room and he calls the name of my case. And I just pop back up in my chair, my hands full of these poopy wipes, and my kid is laying there naked, yelling poop. And I'm just like, good morning, Your Honor, Michelle Grosser on behalf of the plaintiffs. And my daughter's still laying there on the floor next to me, half naked. It's not like she's going anywhere. She just continues to remind me that she needs a new diaper. 
And guys, I will just never forget this judge's response. It was Judge Abby Cinnamon here in Miami, and she'll probably never hear this podcast, but if she ever does, um, it was just one of the kindest things that's ever happened to me professionally. And she was like, I see you have some special helpers with you today. And I was just, you know, mortified and, and I'm a all apologetic. Yeah. And she's, you know, she could have said so many things and, and it would have been appropriate, right? She could have been like, counsel, you seem to have your hands full today. Should we reschedule this hearing? But instead she asks to meet them. She's like, can I meet your kids? So my half naked daughter climbs into my lap and my other one comes into the kitchen from the living room and Judge Cinnamon introduces herself to my kids And she asks them their names, right? And then she looks me in the eye and she tells me that she has daughters and her daughters watched her work for years. And now they're both adult professionals. And she's telling me that it's really important for my kids to see me at work and how I'm doing them a favor by doing my best to make it work and that I'm doing better than I think and that I'm not just working, but that this is also a part of my parenting. And friends, I was fighting back tears so badly because she saw me and she had so much empathy and she gave me permission to be a little bit of a mess because that's how motherhood is sometimes. And it was really inspiring and it was really encouraging. And I took two seconds and I put my daughter's diaper back on and my kids went back into the living room and I did my five minute hearing and then it was over. We went to the park. But it was probably um, such an insignificant moment for Judge Cinnamon, but it really profoundly impacted me. So to take a page from Judge Cinnamon's book today, I just want to encourage all of you who spend any time working from home, you're doing better than you think. You're not messing up your kids. It's good for them to see you working. You've got to just embrace that mess sometimes, right? Give yourself a ton of grace and run with it. I put together here today in this episode three keys I think will help if you're trying to work from home. Maybe you're already doing some of these. Maybe you're doing all of them. That's great. And maybe you're doing something else entirely, something that really works for you. I would love to hear it because this mama needs all the ideas and help she can get. So I would just ask you to share with me what works for you and your family. Maybe you can share it in our Facebook group. It's called the Motherhood Village, or maybe you can send me a DM on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast, and I'll turn around and I'll share it, and I'm sure it will help someone else too. Okay, so the first one for us today is setting boundaries, but also allowing for flexibility. And there is such tension here, and I recognize that, right? We need to be able to set boundaries for when we work and where we work and how long we're working. But if your kids and your family and schedule are anything like mine, which they probably are, you're just going to have to allow for some flexibility in those boundaries. You're just going to have to allow for them to be breached once in a while without it completely throwing you off. And I like to think of it like a palm tree, right? Palm trees are so strong and they have such deep roots and they can grow so tall and provide shade. But Part of the reason why they can withstand a hurricane, why they can withstand strong winds is because they're built to be flexible. So when those strong winds come and they can 
bend and not break. And as moms, we just kind of kind of be like that, like that palm tree. We can have all the plans we want and the boundaries and the roots. But when those winds blow, we have to be able to bend to survive. And here are some of the boundaries that work for me and work for our family. First, I try to do most of my work from home before my kids wake up, while they're at school and then after they go to bed. So if you have school-age kids, this might work for you too. Um, some mornings I'm actually able to get, you know, one to two hours of really focused work done before my kids even wake up. Uh, some mornings I don't get out of bed till six because I'm tired or I've had a, a rough night or whatever, and that's okay. I don't let it de- derail the rest of my day. But then when my kids do leave for school, that's when I really hunker down and get some stuff done. Another thing I try is to remind myself of where I am and why, right? When it's time for me to work, I try to be all in on my work. When it's time for me to be mom and wife, I put that work away and I try to be all in as mom and wife. It's a boundary I've created. I also don't have email notifications on my phone. I'm not checking it after I pick up my kids from school. I rarely give out my cell phone number and I don't answer work calls after a certain time, right? I have this mantra that I say to myself all day long, nothing is that urgent. Maybe it's a boundary you need to work on setting with your boss or your team or your clients, but I would just encourage you to resist that urge to feel guilty about not being somewhere else, right? And then while I'm working, there are boundaries I create for myself so that I'm able to maximize that precious working time. I know what my distractions are. You probably know what yours are too. And if you're listening and you're like, hmm, Michelle, I don't really know what my distractions are. Do this. Put a timer on for 30 minutes. Sit down and try to do focus on only one task. Every time you're not working on that task, make a little tally mark on a piece of paper. Things like taking a call, loading the dishwasher, putting the clothes away, you know, adding something to your grocery list or anything on your phone. Those are all distractions that are stealing your precious productive time. So whatever it is, you'd probably be surprised by how often you're distracted without really being aware of it. You know, I like to work either sitting at my kitchen table or sitting in this um, spare bedroom that we put a desk in and turned into an office. I know. I know for me that if I try to work from the couch or if I try to work from bed or if I try to work sitting out back by the pool, I'm just not going to get that much done. And maybe you can get that you know, work done in those places, but just be honest with yourself and then just be aware of where you are in your best flow zone, right? Where can you focus best? I like to sit and work in our kitchen or in that spare room um, because it also signals to my family that I'm working on something and I can't be interrupted. Um, I like to have a candle burning. I will link in the show notes, K-Sentials candles. They're my favorite candles. They are made by a mom-owned small business. Um, She hand makes everything, the candles. It's like this beautiful soy wax and her scents. And she even hand makes her the vessels that the candles come in. They're beautiful and they're my favorite. So check out the link in the show notes, support another mom. Um, But I like to have that candle lit. I like to work from a clean workspace. So if it's the table or the desk, I just like to have it clear of clutter Um, today I came on my desk and there was like a million beads from a charm bracelet that my daughter had. So 
uh, thoughtfully left for me. So I cleaned that up before I got to work today. But um, another thing I really like too is I also like to have instrumental music playing just to help me focus. Lately, I've been playing the Deep Focus playlist on Spotify. And then another boundary I've had to create for myself is that I try really hard to create before I consume. I create before I consume. So I usually put my phone and my Apple Watch on Do Not Disturb. I put it on airplane mode. And then I already have a list of three things I've got to get done for the day. And I do the most challenging or the most important one first. And then I bust through those three before I even look at my phone or open my email. And I am weak, guys. Like if I have my phone by me, even if it's in the same room, it's like a freaking magnet. Like my arms and hands will pick it up and open Instagram or my email without me even thinking, right? And I used to start my day by going through my inbox and trying to get it down to inbox zero before jumping into my work. But man, what an awful time suck that is. It's not actually productive. And then it also creates a whole new to-do list for me that isn't anything I actually had to get done that day. And it, you know, is usually things that actually do very little to move my businesses forward. So now I try to get through my emails maybe the last hour of the workday. And if you guys still have little ones at home, they're not going to school yet, this is going to look different for you. And I acknowledge that. I recognize it. I've been there. And I just want to encourage you that I know, I know it's really hard to get anything done. And it can feel really discouraging and overwhelming because you're doing the best you can. And for now, that's got to be okay. I know for me working from home when my girls were Really little, it was a time when I really had to fight hard against those mom guilts. Like I really struggled. I struggled with the feeling that I couldn't do either one well or either one enough, right? Like I couldn't get work done and I also couldn't be the mom I wanted to because I was always trying to get the work done. It's tough, but it's going to change. And finding those pockets of time to get work done, it's going to get easier. So if that's the season you're in, just spend some time on the weekends trying to plan maybe some spa activities, maybe grab a couple small toys that you can put though in your back pocket or pick up some crafts from the Target dollar section, whatever it is, just maybe think of some ideas that you can uh, have around just to keep your kids occupied in the coming week so that you can have a few moments to work. And I also found that if I gave my girls, like back when I was in that season, if I gave my girls some really quality uninterrupted time, let's say like 20 minutes of playing Play-Doh together where I was able to be fully present and fully engaged. Then afterwards, I'd be able to spend like 30 to 40 minutes to myself working while they continued to play. And I'd explain, right? And I'd try to prime them as best I could, but I'd say something like, hey, mom has a big project she needs to finish today. So I'm going to play Play-Doh with you now. It's going to be fun. And then you're going to keep playing either with this Play-Doh or with this puzzle or with your dollhouse or whatever, right? While I go work on my project for a bit because I'm going to need some time to focus, okay? Something like that. And then you just do the best you can. I also found in that season, uh, if I kept them active in the mornings, like if I took them to the park or the library or running errands or what have you in the mornings, then after lunch, they'd be exhausted and they'd be ready for a good nap. And then I could really buckle up and get some stuff done in those afternoon hours. So whether you're like me and your kids are now in school 
or if you're in that season where your babies are home and you're working in the mornings and the nap time block and after they go to sleep and you're feeling exhausted, I just want to encourage you to be kind to yourself. It's not you. It's hard to work from home if you have kids. So just be like that palm tree and stand firm, set your boundaries, control what you can, but be ready to be flexible because you'll need to be, right? And some of your greatest strength is going to come from that flexibility, from your ability to bounce back and not break when it gets challenging or your kids or your life throw a wrench in that work schedule. So that's number one. And then number two is to redefine success, right? Redefine what success looks like and feels like in this season of life for you. And this one is a game changer, friends. When we go from working outside the home to working from home, or if you've gone from working from home to working from home with kids, we really have to adjust our mindset and our expectations. We just have to come to terms with the fact that we'll need a whole new definition of a successful workday. Right? Maybe before kids, you could get everything done in four hours and get to inbox zero every day and you had a ton of energy to get more work done after dinner. And if you're anything like me, that's probably not how it's going to be working from home with kids. And that's okay. But if you have the same expectation or the same definition of success that you had when you were working from an office or when you were working from home by yourself, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for a whole lot of disappointment and overwhelm. I mean, striving... For perfection as a work-from-home mom, it is a lie. It's a lie, friends, and it's a lie that can make you pretty miserable if you let it. So doing your best is more than enough. Just let go of that productivity perfection. It's a mirage. Um, Balancing a career and motherhood is no walk in the park. So if you feel like I'm speaking straight to you today and you know that maybe you're someone who's really hard on herself and is feeling discouraged because maybe you feel like, You're failing at work and you're failing at being a mom because you feel like you just can't get anything done and you're having a hard time being fully present with your kids. It might be time to readjust your expectations and redefine success in that arena. Make sure you're prioritizing what you've got to get done each day. I like to take five to 10 minutes on the night before and I'll write down just the top three things I've got to get done for the next day in order of priority. And then I start with the most important. And some days, that's all I get done, and that's okay. And then some days, I get through my top three, and I'm able to tackle other things on my to-do list, and it's a freaking superwoman kind of day. And those days are awesome, but I don't expect them every day, right? I just try to take it all in stride, keep some perspective, see the big picture. And I think, too, it's not just redefining success for our work or or for our productivity, but it's also redefining success for our home and the motherhood side of our lives too. If you worked from home before you had kids or used to be able to get your work done out of the home and now you're trying to work from home with kids, you might also have to redefine success in keeping up with the house and with the kids. Like maybe the bathrooms get wiped down every other day instead of every day like they used to, or maybe Maybe instead of those Pinterest-worthy Valentines for your kids' classes, it's like lollipops from the dollar store this year or something. We all know this in the back of our minds, right? But it's it's good to be reminded and encouraged about it once in a while. At least for me, like it's good to remember that my kids are not going to remember if the bathroom was always sparkly clean or if every single holiday was decorated and pulled off to the nines. 
But what they are going to remember is that I sat with them, right? And I was present in listening about their day instead of doing a million things around the house. Or that I took them for that bike ride instead of stressing about the laundry or whatever. So let's prioritize these moments and let's let some of that other stuff slide, okay? All right. And then number three is to ask for help. And this is one I can really struggle with if I'm being honest with you guys because I kind of have like this hang up that I don't want to be a burden on anyone else. And maybe some of you can feel that way too sometimes. I think things like, you know, everyone else is so busy and my friends all have so much on their plates too. I don't want to bother them. But it's such a lie, right? Don't ever trick yourself into thinking that you're on this motherhood journey alone. It was never created or intended to be done in isolation, right? You're going to go crazy if you try to do this all by yourself. It's too hard. It's too lonely. So lean on your community. Lean on your support network. I'm sure if the tables were turned, I mean, think of it like this. Think of your best friend who has kids. Picture that she's got some really big project coming up and it's stressing her out and she just needs, you know, two or three hours of quiet to be able to focus and finish it. And that would bring her so much peace. I mean, wouldn't it be awful if she didn't want to reach out and ask you for help one afternoon because she didn't want to bother you? You'd want to know, right? So you could help her out. And I'm sure the same is true if the tables were turned. It's so interesting. Like we all want our friends to ask us when they need help, but it can feel so uncomfortable being the ones to ask for help. So here are a couple ideas uh, for asking for help. First, if you have a mom friend who's trying to work from home with kids just like you are, maybe your kids are even around the same age, try to get together a couple a couple times a week. That way the kids can play and they can entertain each other and you and your friend can try to get some work done. It also just helps having another mom there, right? You can alternate between who's getting the snacks or helping with the bathroom or things like that. Another idea is if you have a friend who also works from home with her kids, you could try to come up with some sort of system. So for example, maybe on Mondays, you would bring your kids to her house in the mornings. She could get some work done. And then another day, let's say Wednesdays, she would bring her kids to your house in the morning and she could get some work done. Um, so we can be creative and, and try new things and see how they work. And then I think the most obvious ask for help, right, is to make sure that we're communicating with our partners. When I've got something I've really got to get done that's super important and is going to require maybe some extra focus or quiet or just I can't be interrupted every few minutes, I make sure that Jeff knows and I make sure that I talk to him about it beforehand. I might ask him to take take the kids out to dinner or take them to a movie or take them to the park or just to have them direct all their inquiries to him for the morning so I can hide and get some work done. And then if you have the budget for it, maybe even discuss just having a babysitter come to the house a few hours a day. If your kids are really young, maybe having a sitter just come in the morning a few days a week and then you could get some work done then. And then if your child naps, you could probably, you know, buy yourself four to five hours of uninterrupted work each day, which is a ton of time if you're using it well. But you can't do it alone. You cannot do it alone. So don't put that pressure on yourself. Make sure you're being vulnerable with the people who love you and that you're asking them for help when you need it. So there you have it. Three keys to working from home with kids, right? The first one we talked about was setting boundaries, also allowing for flexibility. So being like that palm tree. We control what we can control. We set ourselves up as best as we can for success with good boundaries, right? 
but we're also flexible when things don't go as planned, right? We can adjust, be patient, and allow ourselves that grace. And then second was to redefine success. So we have to readjust. We have to set realistic expectations for what we can get done with work and our home and our kids so we're not setting ourselves up to fail each day, right? And I say fail, like quote unquote, fail, whatever that looks like in your definition of success. And then number three is to ask for help. You can't do it all and you certainly can't do it all alone. So don't hesitate to ask for help. Get uncomfortable. Put yourself out there. Get creative. It's going to get easier asking for help. So keep doing it, right? Enlist your friends, enlist your husband, enlist your extended family. And if you can, hire help. It's not easy, friends. But the good news is that we have control for over what we control, right? We can remain flexible. And then just remember that this season is not forever. You're doing so much better than you think. So if you guys try any of these working from home tips, please let me know. I really love hearing from you. Uh, Shoot me a DM on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. Jot a post in our Facebook group. It's called The Motherhood Village. Uh, Just let everyone know what helped you. I promise you're going to encourage someone else when you do. All right. Have a great week. I will see you next time. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.